Hey, my name is Paul Maxwell. I'm the content strategist here at Tithely. And today we're going to talk about seven stand-up comedy tactics that are changing the preaching game. This is Modern Church Leader. Welcome to Modern Church Leader, a short daily show to help you grow your church, be more effective and efficient and powerful for the kingdom of God. Every preacher wants to be funny, right? Some preachers are naturally funny and that humor gets in the way of providing deeper content for your congregation. Some preachers are naturally boring and that boredom gets in the way of the congregation paying attention to the deeper content of your sermon, right? But humor is one of the most powerful weapons in the preacher's, ar- in the preacher's arsenal. And used correctly, it's the perfect spice to keep congregants on the crest of their attention while you take them deeper into the texts, ideas, and stories that your sermon utilizes to educate them, to encourage them, and to inspire them. So here in this video, we're going to take a look at seven insider secrets that are dominating the world of stand-up comedy that will help you to keep your audience a little bit more engaged on Sunday morning. So number one, you have to cut the fat. Okay, you just have to do it. I know it's 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 difficult, right? People lose focus very fast. That's why the idea of sitting through an hour-long lecture seems mind-numbing. But millions of people will pay hundreds of dollars to see a famous stand-up comedian do a 90-minute live set, right? Stand-up comedy to some degree guarantees a level a level rather of filtering work in the creative process that limit that sort of like eliminates bad and boring material, right? So if a stand-up comic tells a joke that multiple audiences don't think is funny, it gets cut. And while pastors don't have the luxury of workshopping the same sermon every week, right? They, they do have the opportunity to think with that sort of fat cutting mindset as they construct their weekly sermon material, which is, which is a critical move, right? Because if you cut out as much fat as possible, you're going to engage your audience, right? The primary place that pastors get bogged down with useless content is that they showcase all their research rather than showcasing research data that illustrates and informs or applies to the direct and practical point that they're making in their sermon. The sermon isn't a chance to to sort of show off all your research skills. It's not a footnote session, right? The sermon is a chance to connect with the hearts of your members and your visitors. And consequently, you should hold your sermon content to that standard, right? What doesn't connect with the heart or heighten that connection gets cut. So consider your sermon prep process and what tools might help you to stay lean and sharp in your content. Number two, start or join a preaching lab. This is becoming very popular with local communities of pastors, right? This is the secret weapon in every comedian's back pocket, right? A like-minded community of other professionals giving feedback on the material in the green room, right? So pro tip for a great video on preaching feedback. We actually have a great video on Modern Church Leader on our YouTube channel by Aaron Damiani. So you want to go to Modern Church Leader and check that out. But after doing a stand-up set, right, at a comedy club, comedians will gather in the green room and they'll give feedback on each other's material, which is a critical component of the creative process, right? Slow down your pacing. Give that punchline an extra three seconds of breathing room before you tell it, right? You made a weird face when you told that joke, which is why it didn't land, right? That all of that feedback that's necessary that you wouldn't be able to give yourself that makes you better. You get real feedback from real people. That's gold for you because preaching is just as much about performance as it is about the words themselves, right? It's important to get more than feedback on your manuscript. You, you, you need feedback from people watching the real thing, giving feedback on you. And each week, their feedback will embed in your development as a preacher, and you'll learn to overcome your weaknesses and ticks with skill and strengthen your gifts with practice, right? If there's not a local preaching lab of pastors who get together and give their Sunday sermons together in one, uh, you know, in your area, 
start one. I mean, other pastors would love that, right? You don't need more than three or four other church professionals to practice together once per week, even once per month, to produce a great benefit for your preaching skill in the long term. If you rely only on your congregation for feedback, you're limiting yourself to non-professionals, right? Surround yourself with other professionals in your preaching space and your growth as a preacher will increase exponentially. It's even a great idea to get preachers from other traditions speaking into your homiletics, right? Number three, nonverbal tools are your most powerful tools. So this leads us to a really important point. And just as comedy is as much about the nonverbal as it is about the words themselves, so also preaching is a craft of managing your body, your face, your energy, your timing. You have to learn how to use silence to make a dramatic point. You must learn how people respond to and receive your unique facial expressions, right? You must learn how people hear certain tones of your voice, what it inflects within them, how they respond to them with their hearts, right? One great way to improve your skills in this area is to take an improv class at your local comedy club. So you might be terrible at improv, but that's not the point, right? Taking taking your skills from a one out of 10 to a two out of 10 will add exponentially more value, not only to the delivery of the words in your sermon, but also how you manage the overall economy of your delivery from your physical body to the sermon manuscript's body. Number four, remember the rule of three. Maybe that should have been point three. I don't know. But on average, people can track about three elements in any given story, right? If you watch a movie, you'll see there's no, usually if it's a good movie, there's no more than three elements playing out at the same time. This is the maximum amount of complexity to which people can give immediate buy-in and follow the narrative. Anything more is too confusing. Anything less is boring because there aren't enough elements to realistically create conflict, right? A third eye point of view, objectivity, the felt experience of the problem and an, an emotionally compelling resolution even, right? So number five, The punchline is just the setup. So if you can make people laugh, you can make them cry. So use jokes as a segue into heartfelt stories, points, and appeals, right? It's easier to make people feel something when you've just made them laugh compared to if they're feeling bored. You essentially turn the emotional on switch when you make them laugh. It's notoriously difficult to elicit deep emotion in someone who's feeling bored. They're in autopilot mode. They don't care, right? You're holding on to their attention for dear life. But when you've just made them laugh, their engine's running. They trust your perspective and they're ready for you to take them on whatever ride you want. Number six, practice performing spontaneous moments. So when people feel like they're watching you know, spontaneity, they are hooked. They're absolutely hooked. That's why reality TV is so enormous, right? Even if it's not as spontaneous as we'd like to believe, the perception of spontaneity is a draw. They want to watch something interesting, but more interesting than something interesting is something spontaneous and interesting, right? It's a real experience compared with planned content, which can create a sense of detachment from the audience. So such moments become memorable and help the depth and content of your sermon remain longer in the minds of your congregation throughout the week, which is the whole point of preaching a sermon in the first place. Number seven, this one's a little odd, but I think it's very critical, close with the visceral, right? So stand-up comedians are sort of notorious for closing their acts with really base but crass humor because it ends their set on a big and easy laugh, right? It won't commend crass. I I won't commend crass humor to you, but I'll commend its underlying principle. After several dozen minutes, the only thing that can hold people's attention is viscerality. So find a story, an idea, an anecdote, a metaphor that's close to the ground. It's physical. 
It showcases how emotional pain is resolved or helps people really feel the need that the truth of the text that you're preaching on addresses. So don't merely close with a statement, right? Don't, you're not giving a presidential address, right? No one will remember it. Close with an angle they haven't heard before or that they weren't expecting or resolves the tension you've built throughout the sermon, right? Understanding this principle is the difference between really, I mean, preaching forgettable sermons and preaching the word of God in such a way that changes people's lives forever, right? We all have those sermons that have changed our lives. This is how to preach one of those kinds of sermons. This is not just some hack. It's a way for the preacher to craft a moment of encounter with God that congregants have been waiting for all week, which is the task of the sermon. So one common element between stand-up comedy and preaching, again, is that they are both performative acts. And like all performative skills, both take practice, right? So remember these seven ways to ensure that your sermon prep and delivery experience uh, in, in preaching at your church has the highest return for your development and for the takeaway of the people in your pews as possible. Number one, cut the fat. Number two, start or join a preaching lab. Number three, nonverbal tools are your most powerful tools. Number four, remember the rule of three. Number five, the punchline is just the setup for something deeper. Number six, practice performing spontaneous moments. And number seven, close with the visceral. Thanks for listening. Please review Modern Church Leader on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for more resources at tithe.ly or follow the links in the show notes.